It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insights, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome back to another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. We are excited to have uh, a great guest on who is going to speak from a different angle about marketing, something that we don't hear too much about in the way franchises market. So um, I have a guest, Gresham Harkless, who's going to talk about everything uh, new and hip and what's happening in, in marketing right now. So if you listen to the Franchise Academy podcast, you know that this is a place for learning about franchising. So we do everything from how to buy a franchise, how to turn your business into a franchise, how to sell your existing franchise, everything you need to know in the world of franchising. And uh, have a lot of great guests that come from all different arenas to come and educate us in the franchise world. But on this episode, Gresham is... Uh, giving us some of his time and his knowledge and his insights. So Gresham is somebody who I've been following for many years, actually, and I have appeared on his shows and uh, in his blogs as well over the years. But Gresh, as we like to call him, uh, Gresh Hawkless Jr. is the founder and blogger-in-chief of CEO Blog Nation, which you must check out. He is the founder and digital marketing specialist behind Blue 16 Media. So Blue 16 Media is a digital marketing company providing digital marketing services to small and medium-sized businesses and organizations. So central to his marketing philosophy is that you are a media company. And man, I know that. So developing a marketing strategy to connect with your target and reach your goals uh, really is his mantra. So cbnation.co is a community of niche bloggers for entrepreneurs and business owners, including video content and audio content via a lot of different podcasts he has. So I want to welcome Gresh. Hello, Gresh. Tom, it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, this is awesome. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you're doing for folks out there and teaching in the marketing world. It's just been really unbelievable. So how did you get into this little niche market, which has blown up for you now? How, how did this, how did you just figure this out? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny. Um, I don't know that it. I found it as much as it found me. I, I, I have this kind of story that I usually tell where I was um, 10 years old and my, and my dad was in the, in the Air Force, actually. And he had to go TDY, so a different country for an entire year. And it was a super difficult time. Um, but when he was away, I basically created like a family newspaper um, and this family newspaper came out each month and I would basically get on Microsoft Word and use Clipart and, and basically put in these newspapers exactly what was going on with the family. And this is like pre-Skype, pre-Zencaster, um, pre-Zoom, you know, Zoom, all these things that we have out here now where we're able to kind of connect with people instantaneously. We had to send care packages to him. So mm. because of that. What I would do is I would send him all the news that was going on with the family, and then I would take those subscriptions, and then I would also sell them to my family members, and I would have like reoccurring, you know, subscription models from there. So, um, 
to figure out how exactly I got to where I am now, where I'm doing things for entrepreneurs and business owners, creating content. A lot of it was I looked back at what I did when I was a kid before I knew what was what, before I knew that I wanted to, you know, create my own media company or whatever that might, you know, be or how that takes form. I looked at what I felt like my innate skills and abilities and gifts were. And I said that, I find I need to find what kind of is of interest to me and have that kind of same philosophy, that same mindset so that I can continue to hit those goals just like I did at that time. Wow. You know, it sounds like to me that is, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So helping your dad out that he's overseas serving the country, which is a blessing. and, And I'm grateful for that. I know we're all grateful for his service and the, and what your family had, you know, endured during that. Uh, but you figured out a way to communicate as a kid. That's just so awesome. <laughs> I yeah. just love that story. <laughs> um, and, and just using, you know, the old days of clip art, in which some people still use, and it kind of makes me cringe when I get a <laughs> newsletter from somebody with clip art. But um, you and me pretty, both. It's pretty funny stuff. But, the, you know, at least, I guess at least they're trying something, right? <laughs> um, exactly. So what are, you, what are you working on now? What are you really excited about? Yeah, so um, I've been, you know, lucky enough to have you know you as a guest on a new podcast that I've launched, and it's a daily podcast, but it's a kind of a laser focused podcast that came out as an offshoot of the blog that I have, where you know our focus is really to celebrate entrepreneurs and business owners and provide resources to help out business owners. So I've been doing the blog for a while, and then that turned into the initial podcast that I have, which is called the CEO Chat Podcast. But I'm super excited that I have a lot more of a laser focused podcast because I know. Now, entrepreneurs and business owners are, are busy, but they want to hear you know great stories and get motivated, but at the same time, want to have some actionable items, some resources to kind of help them out. So, you know, I have the I Am CEO podcast, which you've been a guest on, and it's been a phenomenal um, show and really get the opportunity to hear from an entrepreneur and business owner, their background, what got them started. Uh, what makes them unique, and then even drill down and get some actionable, what I call paid forward type information. So like CEO hacks or things that they do to be effective and efficient, CEO nuggets or things or pieces of advice they might you know want to tell themselves or uh, if they were to jump in a time machine, what they would tell their younger business self. So really valuable nuggets um, that entrepreneurs and business owners can, can learn from. And then you know the final question, set question I usually ask is just around what it quote unquote means to be a CEO. And from a really overarching level, um, it's really to look at entrepreneurship business, what it means to be a CEO and see if that is exactly as it always has been, or if it's evolved and changed. And as business is evolving, where you have people that can create YouTube channels and and make millions and millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. um, where people are doing it from their smartphones, the world is changing dramatically. So I'm hoping to hopefully spark a conversation around quote unquote, what it means to be a CEO and see if it if you need to have, you know, a thousand employees to do it and a stock ticker price, or can you be a quote unquote CEO and maybe be a solopreneur as we're seeing a lot of, you know, new millionaires and, and people that are building really established companies that are able to do. Amazing stuff. And those are golden nuggets. And I've listened to some of that stuff. It's amazing. But let me turn, let me turn the tables on you. Mm-hmm. What, um, what do you think is, what makes a good CEO in 2019? Very great question. And I think the biggest thing is, and hopefully what this podcast kind of touches on is kind of that forward thinking 
um, mindset because business and largely because of technology, because of all the things out there is evolving tremendously and it's evolving quickly. So you have to be able to understand that what you're doing today is probably not what you're going to do five years than that, five years from now, probably not even going to be what you're going to be doing two years from now. So you really have to have that thinking cap on and be able to really know what's going on in your industry. And I would even venture to say because technology is doing so many things to so many different industries that you might even have to borrow from other industries. So I, I really think the CEO, you know, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you have a big, huge company, you have, you know, employees, you really have to understand what's going on in your industry, what's going on with the world and understand that there's no siloed industries anymore where, okay, because I have a, you know, a, um, maybe a restaurant franchise, technology is not going to affect. That's just not the case anymore. So you have to really understand that technology is literally everywhere. Something, somebody that has maybe a military, I'm, I'm sorry, a, um, a karate franchise that they're working with kids might be able to borrow ideas from a restaurant franchise owner. So you really have to understand and be aware of everything that's going on in business. And I think that's really probably the biggest, you know, forward thinking thing that you need to be as far as skills. But, you know, the traditional things like, you know, listening, being able to, you know, practice empathy, being able to understand and, and hear what's going on with your employees, your, um, you know, your other stakeholders, like your, your clients, all that is just of of, of incredible importance to be able to move ahead and continue to kind of grow and, and be great and, and to truly be a CEO. Yeah, well said. I love that. You know, in my mind, what I got a vision of as you were talking is like an old school kind of sailboat, like a like a, a pirate ship, and the CEO is you know at the top of the mast in in the crow's nest, looking out at the horizon to see what's coming, and that that's kind of what a CEO needs to be doing. But you know, like you said, you know, if you think you don't need to embrace technology as an example, I don't care what business you're in, you're in for a rude awakening if you're not getting into it. I was in just a local diner here in, on Long Island where I lived a couple of nights ago, mm -hmm. and behind the cash register, they had uh, a Grubhub app, like it was uh, like an iPad set up. They also had an Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. so they, they're getting delivery services from all these different companies, and this this particular restaurant has been there probably 40 years, but they are revamping the way they do business. And I've heard some amazing stats where some of these restaurants, they're, they're, they're increasing inc incrementally five, dollars $20,000 a week in extra sales because of these app delivery services. So you're like, you're crazy if you don't get involved with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you share uh, a story about your worst entrepreneurial moment where you actually learned something from it? Yeah. I mean, I think that my probably worst entrepreneurial moment is sometimes when you know that you need to pivot, but you you don't really pivot. It's, it's really a hard thing. I think that... Um, you know, and, and I'm a, one of the first books I start I, I got when I first started um, my blog was this book called The Lean Startup, which I absolutely swear by. And it talks a lot about pivoting around, you know, starting your business slower. But when you're actually in it and you have to make a pivot, that's sometimes hard to do. And it's hard to understand when's the right time, what the right pivot is and things like that. So I think my probably most difficult moment was trying to figure out how I wanted to 
pivot the company and understanding that that might mean that people that were within the company wouldn't be working with with uh, with me anymore. And that was contractors and, and, and people that were on the team uh, because the, the company needed to make a pivot. So it was definitely one of the difficult um, decisions that I had to make. But at the same time, like just like you were talking about, you know, being in the, in the top of the lighthouse and being able to see the vision for the company, I knew that there was a, and not to make it like a Titanic moment, but there was an iceberg in the way where you can't keep going the same way you, you've been going. You have to evolve and you have to change. You have to make those difficult decisions. And those are things that, you know, you have to have that CEO mentality, that mindset in order to do, because if you don't, then you won't have a company and then you're going to end up hurting more and more people as a result of doing that. So it's those difficult decisions that are really tough to make, but you have to make them so that you can continue to grow and continue to make an impact. That's awesome. Um, and and I think it, it is all about, you know, being able to be nimble and making those kind of decisions. And you see the people who, you know, you always could talk about the companies that didn't do it. And it's, it's so apparent, you know, especially this day and age when, you know, I, I have kids that are kind of millennials. And when we talk about, you know, all we did is buy records when we were kids and now they're like records, what's that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, and some people are like, oh, vinyl will never leave. And, you know, and some people are trying to bring vinyl back and I'm like, but why the quality so bad, <laughs> but, but it's, it's become like a retro thing. Tell me about marketing, your approach to marketing. I mean, you're a marketing guru. What mistakes do you see people make? Yeah, it's funny. I always cringe when I hear the word guru, but I'm very, very, you know, big on, you know, creating content and, and just trying to help people to kind of increase their visibility. At the heart of it, that's what I try to do. But, you know, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, when you read my bio, it's kind of like this media company mindset. And as I kind of touched on, too, with the story of my dad creating a family newspaper, like my goal at that time was a lot smaller than, you know, what most business owners have, even, you know, goals that I have now. But it was all central to like two things and two decisions and, and things that you have to really focus on before you even get started with, you know, any type of marketing. And you have to understand who you're trying to connect with. And then you have to understand exactly what your goal is. And when you are clear on those and understand that, especially the figuring out your target market, figuring out who your avatar is. And if you don't know what avatar is, it's, it's essentially like painting a picture of exactly who you want to connect with, you know, age, you know, what time of day they eat lunch, you know, what they eat for lunch, you know, their favorite teams, all that information is painting that picture of that person. So the reason that you want to know all that is because it helps you make decisions from a marketing standpoint. So it kind of kills me just the number of people that that do things because they hear that they should do them rather than looking at it from a strategic standpoint. So, um, you know, j really just from a marketing standpoint, that's why I really preach that kind of you are a media company mindset because you begin to look through that lens of what you're trying to do. Are you trying to, you know, get more speaking engagement? So maybe you are going to create a podcast. Maybe you are going to write a book. Maybe you are going to do all those things. But if that's not really your goal, does it make sense necessarily for you to write a book? So, you know, you've been able to do a phenomenal job of that, which I, I think your your case in point, the perfect example, somebody who wants to build, you know, their platform, build who they are, show their expertise. So you've taken the steps in order to do that. But if that's not somebody's goal, that may not necessarily make sense as far as the steps to do that. So I think I think people really have to get clear on those first two questions and, 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 and it, it could be a long process and it can change as well, too. But once you understand that, then you decide on a very, very 
small level and a meta level, I guess you can say, is you start to understand that maybe I don't need to be on Snapchat because nobody in my target market is trying to uh, is spending time on Snapchat. Or maybe Mm -hmm. you say, okay, I want to be the most well-known podcaster 10 years from now. So I'm going to be on this, on the platform that nobody else is using, but I see it as a, as a forward thinking investment that I can make. So you start to about think about things in a more strategic way and you can kind of measure it against that because you've answered those two questions and got clear on that. And it res- that resonates with me because I've made all those mistakes that you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? That's why I'm able to say it. <laughs> yup. It, and it's so interesting. And, you know, you talking about your daily podcast now, and um, it makes me think of the uh, Alexa news brief. Have, have you familiarized yourself with that lately? Yes. Yes. I have, I'm, I have millions of smart speakers. <laughs> You know, something that I'm trying to figure out. So, because I think that's the next kind of blog thing. I think the news brief is where podcast was 10 years ago in my, in my estimation. But, you know, this morning I was having breakfast with um, an, a franchise attorney who's been in franchising for 35 years. And he said, so like, what's new in your business, Tom? And, and I said, well, what's new is that I'm not a franchise consultant anymore. I'm a marketing maven. Uh, that's all I seem to be doing day in and day out is marketing, marketing, marketing. So to, you know, to your point, you know, if you're a business owner, you are a media company and it, and it's so true. And I've, you know, I personally invested in all sorts of video equipment and sound and lights. And I have a green screen. I mean, I have all this stuff cause this is kind of where it's going, uh, in regard to videos and stuff. The other thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, you mentioned avatar and so, See, I used to think I knew who my avatar is, right? Who's buying a franchise? It's typically a middle-aged man who is married with, you know, three kids, owns a house, usually in a suburban market of a major city, you know, drives a a mid-level SUV. So, like, I have all these things down, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do this, I do Facebook ads and click on Google and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm so smart. I know who my people are. And I got zero results. And I think that a mistake that people are making that you started to allude to here is that you might even know who your buyer is. You know the demographic, if you will, but you don't, what people don't know and what I am still trying to figure out, and maybe I'm going to ask you for advice here Mm -hmm. is how do I figure out? you know, where they, where they live on the internet, right? Like you had said, you know what their teams are, you know what, you know, all these different personal preferences are. How do you find out that information about your buyer? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I think that that's something that not only um, is it kind of difficult to get the answer for, it also is sometimes a moving target. I actually believe, you know, specifically for the avatar that you spoke about, a lot of times you'll find that a lot of the parents or the older um, people of the kids will usually follow wherever the kids are. And that's where I think you saw, you see that even with Facebook. Facebook you know, started as college only, and then it drifted towards that. And then it started to be, okay, now high school kids are on there, and now parents are on there. And you're starting to see that with a lot of the different social media channels. Mm-hmm. I, I think 
probably the absolute best way. And I think this is a great advantage that anybody who's been in business, you know, more than probably a year, maybe even less than a year has at their disposal is they've had clients that they're working with now that they're able to do research, whether that be surveys, whether that be um, something where you, you know, you give away a gift card and you're able to ask these questions of your ideal clients. The reason that I was able to create my avatar where I know exactly who I want to target is because I had that person as a client and I'm like, you're a joy to work with. And I want to know everything there is to know about you. I want to know, you know, mm-hmm. do you like peanut butter and jelly? Do you like uh, bananas on your peanut butter and jelly? I want to know everything because that is going to help me find more of you. So I think that's probably the absolute best thing that you can do. And I think that also understanding how you found that person is of importance too, because a lot of times with platforms, especially with social media platforms, they're not used. People don't go to social media platforms to search for businesses necessarily. Sometimes they will ask questions, but it's kind of more of a branding opportunity. So it's it's also like where they're spending time, but it's also the messaging that you have when they're there because they're you're interrupting their time. So just like if you were, you know, I, I don't know if you, you, you remember the old... Um, kind of uh, encyclopedia salesman or the vacuum cleaner salesman that would come around dinner time and ring the doorbell and basically Mm -hmm. interrupt your dinner in order to try to sell you something. Well, you're doing the same thing on social media. So what you have to provide is something that is of tremendous value in order to interrupt somebody's time and understand that not only are you the only vet, you're not the only vacuum salesman that's coming and ringing that doorbell. There's thousands of others because there's so many business pages, so many distractions that are out there. So you really have to drill down. And if you understand that, hey, I I love peanut butter and jelly and I love bananas on my peanut butter and jelly and you ring my doorbell and you bring me of bananas, then you are my dream person. And I want to know everything about you and I'm going to follow you. So I think that a lot of it is just doing that um, research. And a lot of times that's not necessarily available. Even with clients I work with, I usually preach that because you know your client better than anybody else. You can look at the data, you can look at the analytics, and yes, that does help you. But if you have those clients and you're able to you know, take them out to lunch, take them out to dinner, do whatever, and drill down, you can take that information and then you can have major success because you know it better than anybody else and better than the data even knows it. Love that. Man, genius. <laughs> there you go. As Oprah would say, tweetable. <laughs> there you uh-huh. go. <laughs> yeah, really, really good stuff. What is uh, one piece of advice that, uh, or the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice that I ever received? That's a great question. I think for me, um, when I started my business, I joined a networking group. The networking group, a lot of it was all about kind of giver's gain. And it's very difficult, you know, to kind of take this advice or listen to this advice, I should say. But it's all about, you know, being patient and trying to provide value and try to give first and understand that it's a long term um, type of game, so to speak. I think a lot of times, um, you know, you want things and you want things yesterday, but understanding that, you know, you're, you're in the relationship game. And and it's all about building relationships in many types of ways. And what you try to do is just try to provide value, try to give value to people and understand that it may not necessarily come as quick as you want it to come, but understand that, you know, and I'm really big into energy. So the energy that you put out will come back and it may not come back in the exact person that it comes back in. But if you're always providing value, I'm a big believer of it, it always coming back. And it's, it's come back, you know, in times where, you know, just me being active and, you know, me doing, you know, good 
things you, you you also don't realize how big how small the world is sometimes so people know each other um even if you think they don't and a lot of times um when people are you know deciding you know what agency to use, whatever that is, they will talk to one another. And if you've always, you know, provided value to that person, that kind of gets back. And even just from an energetic level, but even from people talking. So I think that's probably the best advice, you know, just from a business standpoint. And if I can give you one more, um, and I'll give you a quick one, just based on the franchise model is really understanding that even if your business is not, you know, a franchise, you should build your business like a franchise and processes and systems are essential to being able to grow and scale your business. And that's something I didn't realize as much, but, you know, reading books like the E-Myth, talking with people, you understand like how you want to have that same mentality. You want to break down every single, I want to break down every single thing I'm doing to build my website and how that looks like so that, it is a transferable type process that anybody I bring on can understand that too. So having that mentality also is definitely something that I didn't necessarily hear in the beginning, but I definitely see why it's so important. It really is to, you know, to be that person um, that people come to. Uh, it's just, you know, putting it out there comes back to you, you know, what you sow, you reap. And um, it's all karma, right? Mm-hmm. So. Tell us a little bit about your community of blogs and why you started that. Yeah. And um, going back to, you know, what we've been talking about is just understanding exactly who I want to connect with. And I started it largely because I've been a journalist at heart. As I mentioned, you know, the story of my father, I've always been interested in, you know, business. I always knew I wanted to start a business. No, I wanted to start my own business. Didn't really know exactly what it was going to be and what it would look like, but I started this community of blogs largely because I would have and and do a lot of freelance writing in the business and entrepreneurial world. And I had an entrepreneurial spotlight column for a local publication where I would go to entrepreneurs and business owners, find out why they started the business, what things they they did to be effective and efficient. And um, one thing kind of led to another when I was, you know, trying to stay in shape. So I went to go play basketball and I didn't play basketball too well because I tore my Achilles tendon. Um, so when that happened, I was kind of stuck in bed, recovering, um, had a lot of time on my hand, not really happy about everything that had happened and how it went. Um, so that's really where I couldn't get around to do the freelance writing anymore to, to visit these entrepreneurs and business owners. But that's where the blog kind of started. I really started to, to get really interested in, in business to understand like why people started their business, asking these questions that not only... I realized later that not only I had those questions, but other people um, had the questions as well, too. So um, when I started to publish this, you know, these entrepreneurs and business owners that I feel like were not as celebrated as they should be, uh, started to share it out to their audience and they started to get their name out there and people started to understand what they were doing. Um, So that was kind of how that snowballed from there. And when I had my digital marketing company, I was really thinking, you know, if I could, you know, make one investment or do one thing to, to grow the company, what would I do in my you know, immediate answer was really to probably have like a entrepreneur magazine or something that would be able to reach the exact clients that I wanted to connect with. And, you know, without even knowing it, I had been, you know, working on it already. So I started to kind of merge everything together, which is why, you know, everything is powered by Blue 16 Media, because, you know, just like I talked about that media company mindset was something that I kind of had, but I was just, I had them separate, but I started to merge them together. That's really great. And being able to assess your own business and figure out kind of where you want to go next. 
you know, while, while we're on that, you know, people might have some really good questions for you. How can people contact you? Yeah, so I have my personal blog. It's progression.com and it's a funky spelling progression. It's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-H-I-O-N.com. And it's you can also type in greshamharkless.com and it will forward there. But that literally has links to the podcast, to the different projects I'm working on, the course, all those um, kind of um, links that go directly there to those sites as well, too. So you can that's kind of like the hub where everything is. So that's progression. That's P R O G R E S of C R E S H I O N. Correct. Yeah. Progression. Funky spelling so progression. Because you got your name Grushin exactly. there. Is that you did that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Play on words. All right. So, big question I get all the time is you know, I, I, I say to people, hey, you should get into this franchise. They have awesome marketing, they know what they're doing, and they're very into SEO. They're very, very progressive in their SEO. I, I think I know what I'm talking about, but most people, I think it goes over their head. They don't realize what it is. So, Tell us a little bit about what you know about SEO and why it is important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And um, it's interesting every time, you know, I talk with people there, they will say, you know, if you Google my company name, it'll show up. Or if you Google the, the company's name, it'll show up. But really, when you're doing SEO well, you're really thinking about how you can increase your visibility for people that don't know you, but maybe are looking for your services. So, um, you know, in your case, you know, if somebody's looking for some for a franchise podcast, they're going to type in franchise podcast because they want to find podcasts that's related to, you know, that that caters to franchise owners. So the idea is that while they might not necessarily know um, the name of your podcast, they're going to type in those specific keywords. And when they key that in and they search that, you know, on Google or they search that through, um, you know, one of the podcast directories like like Apple Podcasts, you want your website, you want your listing to basically show up for that. And you can literally optimize um, just about anything, but SEO kind of relates more to your website. And the reason why that's so important is because you can control your website more than any other platform, because unlike Facebook, unlike you know, Instagram, unlike even the, the the podcast directories, you have limits in what you're able to do as far as, you know, putting keywords in your the algorithms themselves, as far as like what that organic reach might be related to Facebook or Instagram. And those algorithms change all the time. But SEO is something that you can kind of control a little bit more. And while the algorithms do change constantly, understand that the reason, the core reason that they're changing is because what Google wants and Google is a business, Google wants its users to be able to have a really good experience. And at the heart of that, what that means is that when I, when I um, search for a franchise podcast, I don't want to see a podcast about, you know, dandelions or anything off the wall like that. I want to find exactly what it is that I'm looking for. And if I find that, and I find that in the first two, three, four results, I'm going to say, Google's awesome. I want to go back and use Google again. So what you want to understand as a business owner, as a as a franchise owner, is that you really want to reverse engineer and understand what those keywords are. And you spoke a little bit on, you know, Alexa and the, and the skills. This is really a really huge opportunity because people are no longer just searching for small keywords. They're not searching for plumber and I'm in Washington, D.C. So plumber in Washington, D.C. They're searching for why does my Nike plumbing um, 
device not work anymore. And they're literally not even typing that. They're saying that in their devices. So an opportunity for business owners is really to have blogs, have keywords that relate to those long-term searches as well. Yeah, that is key. And that is so 2019 right there. It is amazing. Even as you're writing blogs, like the the title of your blog should be something that somebody would ask Mm -hmm. and not what's a great franchise. It's got to be much better than that. You know, those are the things that are top rated on Google and have that search engine optimization. Exactly. So I, I don't know if you're a reader. Uh, you had mentioned a couple of books already, but is there anything that you're reading now that that you would recommend to people? I have a tremendous amount of books that I get, you know, all the time. I think, um, I don't know if you've heard of the guy, his name's David Goggins. I, I heard the name recently, yeah. uh, but I'm not sure about what he's all about. Yeah, he's like, um, um, he has this video that was on, um, I forgot the name of the podcast, but anyways, he's supposed to be like the, the toughest man in the world. And he has kind of like this really hard mentality towards, uh, and this is all autobiography, but he basically goes through his life on how he um, didn't have, you know, all the life for him wasn't sunshine and rainbow. So he had a really, really difficult life. And I think that the reason that I was attracted to this book, because instead of him saying, what was me, he kind of took this mentality of saying, I'm honestly not good. He he really looked at himself in the mirror and said, I'm, I can be a lot better. And he, he's, he curses like a sailor. So he, he didn't say it in that way. Okay. If I'm not good, how do I get better? And that was from, you know, him joining the military. And, and, and I think he was a, a Navy SEAL and he did all these things and, and, and he was able to accomplish all these things because he kind of hardened his mind and he talked about the process that he was, he's been able to do that. So um, he has like an hour long video, you know, on impact theory. That's the name of the podcast, but he also had in his book recently came out. So I'm listening to that on Audible right now, a bunch of other stuff, but that's really something that just comes top of mind right now. And yeah, I love people like that, that turn their life around. And, you know, I call it, uh, they, they stop smoking hopium and (laughs) and, uh, hoping that their life is going to get better and they take responsibility and and make the change. Uh, so many of us, including myself, are just way too addicted to hopium sometimes and you gotta make that change. Yeah. It's a it's a it's an addictive drug, so to speak, because uh, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Some people just sit back and just hope their life away. And uh here at the Franchise Academy, we're trying to get people to realize their dreams through uh franchise ownership. What is a parting piece of advice that you like to share with folks? Yeah, I think that um, one of the big things that I try to focus on, I will say maybe at a very young age, is that I wanted to kind of face fear and not understand that there is an absence of fear, but be able to face that. Um, So I try to do things that I was afraid of, things that maybe were out of my comfort zone. So I would, you know, encourage anybody that's listening that, you know, might be looking to purchase a franchise, to to look into, you know, starting business, whatever that might be, and really understand that you want to be very uh, strategic about everything that you do, but understand that fear is one of the biggest things that kind of hold people back. So um, make it a point, and it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, starting a franchise or, or launching a franchise, it, it might be something small. It, it might be, um, you know, for me, it was fear of heights. For me, it was 
public speaking. It might be, you know, doing those things so that you can get better. And as you start to flex those muscles, as you start to face fear and understand that even when things go good, it's great. But what I learned probably the best is sometimes when things go bad, it's not as bad as you sometimes think it might be. So I would just encourage anybody that, you know, if you have something that's on your heart, you have something that you're, you're striving for to definitely, you know, go out and do it. Don't, you know, let fear, you know, hold you back because we all have it. We all deal with it. Even the greats that you think don't have fear. I've learned and read that they have fear as well, too. It's all in how you manage it. So I would just encourage you to, you know, do something that makes you uncomfortable today, no matter how small it is. And you start to flex that muscle. Next thing you know, you're doing everything that you wanted to do. Yeah. Amen to that. You're speaking my language there. The ver- the first book I wrote is a book called The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty, How to Manage, Change, Embrace Fear, and Live a Fulfilled Life. And I speak about it the same way where, you know, if, say you are uh, have a fear of flying as an example. You don't need to get a pl- get on a plane day one. Just take a ride to the airport mm-hmm. yeah. on day one. <laughs> you know, you got to take baby steps and you have to face it piece by piece. And, you know, fear does not go away. And it's all, like you said, all about managing it. So that's um, that's an awesome, awesome takeaway. And uh, it is the fear and, 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 and what you think in your head. You know, we say this to our kids all the time. You know, whatever you think is, is going to be bad usually doesn't even happen ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if there is something negative going on or you're know, having a bad day, bad situation, somebody gave me this advice recently think about five years from now, is that thing going to really matter to you? Whatever's happening right now, is it really going to matter in five years? And it kind of puts it all in perspective. Exactly. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. So Gresh, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking time out. I know you're crazy busy with a million podcasts going on and everything you're doing. Um, But one more time, how could people reach you? Yes, you can reach out to me, Progression, Funky Spelling Progression, www.progression.com, P-R-O-G-R-E-S-H-I-O-N.com. And that's the same on all social media platforms as well. Yeah, and I'll put that on our uh, Franchise Academy podcast website, uh, franchiseacademypodcast.com, and uh, you can check it all out there. So, Gresh, thanks a million. We will have you back again for sure. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you for all the awesome things you're doing. All right. Thank you. God bless. Take care. Have a good, great day. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.